This is an interview with Basque drummer Scott Middleton on Sunday, May 30th, 2021 by Nick Perkel. Now, Scott, can you tell me about getting your very first drum set? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the, the drums kind of came to me. I think at the time my dad was in his 40s and I was a teenager, I think around 13 or 14 or so. And he got this old beater kit that he just wanted to uh, get some stuff out on. And eventually I uh, just got some speakers, started pointing them at the kit and started playing along to, to songs. This is like late 90s, I'd say, like 98, 99-ish, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, like I uh, feel like I learned a lot by trying to imitate like Travis Barker and a lot of new metal and all that stuff. And then a lot, a lot of like alternative rock radio from uh, back in the day when I feel like was the the last uh, linchpins of good radio in, in America. I feel like alternative rock radio was pretty pretty awesome like in the, in the 90s, you know, with Smashing Pumpkins and Hum and stuff like that still on the airwaves. Um, but yeah, long story short, it, it kind of fell into my lap and I've had some time away over the years from the instrument, but came back to it just realizing it's like, yeah, it's crucial for for me um, to play music and the, to get out my my stuff on the drums, you know? Now, when you were younger, were you involved with private tutors, uh, classes in school or conservatories to develop yourself as a musician? Yeah, in hindsight, I wish I was in, in marching band. Um, I don't have that background at all, but I took some private lessons over the years. And uh, yeah, shout out to one of the most influential drum teachers ever for me in the Charlotte, North Carolina area named Curtis Wingfield. He taught me a lot, like basically taught me how to read a little bit um, but yeah, no, no really intense, uh, training in high school or anything. Um, I was in men's choir my senior year of high, uh, high school and that was way over my head. I would just, you know, be by my buddies that kind of knew what they were doing and try to match their pitch and stuff. But that class was actually, I think, more influential to me than I often know. Um, it was definitely way outside of my comfort zone cause I'm, I'm no singer. Um, but yeah, somehow winged that with, with some of my buddies and, um, I feel like every little experience like that helps, um, with this, your background knowledge in general. But yeah, so no crazy formal training besides uh, some drum lessons. And uh, yeah, long, long story short, I had a lesson when I was out of drumming years ago that was really influential for me with uh, Blake Richardson of Between the Buried and Me. And I was very nervous for that. Uh, so I drove up to Winston-Salem uh, from the Charlotte area at the time and took like, I think an hour or so lesson with him. And he was really encouraging. And um, at that time, I was like five or six years out of really playing in a band or anything like that. And just to have some encouragement from him was uh, was really awesome and kind of lit a fire under me to some extent. And I also want to give a shout out to a really badass drummer in the Western North Carolina area. He's out of Brevard, North Carolina, and his name is Jeff Seif. He's like a rock slash jazz uh, slash fusion master. And um, I took a lesson with him a couple years ago, and uh, it was yeah, it was really good stuff. Where like he's so good, I'm still like soaking in some of the things he taught me and I think some of the stuff is still quite over my head. So I've got work to do, you know? Now, how far do you and your bandmates and Basque go back and did you work with any of them in previous bands? Um, no, we had not um, been in previous bands or anything. I think uh, myself and the lead singer, uh, Zeb, he grew up in Wilkesboro, uh, which is like Western North Carolina ish. It's uh, kind of, I guess, Southeast of Boone. Um, anyway, and I grew up like in the Charlotte music scene, so I feel like we kind of crossed paths maybe back in the day, back in the mid 2000s or so, at like indie slash hardcore shows or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think we all kind of found ourselves in Asheville, wanting to pursue music to some degree. Um, it's a big reason why I moved here because I, I knew it was a good local music scene, and uh, there's just uh, a vibe. That, there's an artsier vibe here compared to most places in North Carolina, to where um, 
you know, like kind of counterculture stuff is a little bit more acceptable and, you know, just living a different lifestyle like that. But yeah, we all just kind of came together, uh, got lucky. Like I was introduced to Ray, the, uh, the guitarist, and he does background vocals. I was introduced to him through a mutual friend in the music scene. And uh, we jammed for a year and a half and had had a hard time finding the right fits. But it finally came together. We had a Jesse Van Note on bass and then uh, Zeb Wright on uh, guitar and vocals. And we, we've been pretty busy since then. That was 2013 when we all first got together. And yeah, uh, you know, not, not so busy this past year for obvious reasons. But yeah, 2013 and on, we just kind of put the pedal to the metal and try to play a lot and do some cool things. And we've been lucky in the meantime. Now, when did songwriting for your third album begin? And what were the early sessions like, along with what was going on? Yeah, that's a good question. To be honest, I, I can't even remember. I guess like 2018-ish is when we started writing for three. And it's the most work we put into any album. Um, yeah, we definitely treat it like a part-time job. I feel like we were putting in between like 10 and 15 hours of writing songs a week, like doing Sundays and Mondays. And um, yeah, we were just definitely trying to take it to a, a little bit different level with, with all that. Um, but who knows? Like there, there's ideas in the ether quite often that could have been before 2018. Um, I think, yeah, some songs probably had uh, some, some bones to the songs were there before 2018, I'd say. Um, but yeah, we just got the ball rolling on that, and uh, we're pretty happy with the past album we put out with um, working with Matt Bayless at Echo Mountain Studios in Asheville. It was, it was a really cool experience, and we were lucky to be at that studio and to work with Matt. Can you tell me about some of the recording equipment you used? Um, yeah, I can't go into crazy uh, detail on the guitar stuff, but um, on drums, obviously, I can go into further detail. I use um, I got a John Bonham reissue kit it's a vista light kit which is the like you know the plexiglass or excuse me acrylic i should say and they're really like big boomy kind of boingy drums and used 14 inch rack 16 inch floor tom 18 inch floor tom with the 26 inch kit uh kick and uh six and a half by 14 black beauty snare um and yeah i'll never forget one of the moments from recording is i, I hit one of my my floor toms and i feel like uh the resonance from the note lasted, it seemed like 15 seconds or so. Just the room was so big um, where, yeah, my ear was up to the drum and it was just like ringing forever. It was really cool to get that big boomy drum sound in um, a very high ceiling room. It's actually an old church at Echo Mountain. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a really inspiring place to record. Personally for you, what was your favorite song you recorded from those sessions? Yeah, the first song that comes to mind is Made in Mother Crone. Um just because it's, it was a bit of a curveball for us. It's the album closer, and we had uh, Jed Willis on pedal steel, and then Meg Mulhern on violin. They joined us, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a very different side of the band that came out in that song. Um, yeah, so just for that experimental factor of it, I'd say that one definitely first comes to mind. And uh, if I had to pick another one, it'd be New Dominion, um, just because it's these big Tom hits, and it's really fun to play, and uh, I think it captured a a very good drum tone uh, in the studio there. With the album, what would you say were like the two songs that you felt you had the most collaboration on with the entire band together? Hmm. I feel like everything's pretty democratic and across the board. So that's, that's tough to say, but yeah, we all try to make sure we're all, all four of us are happy with the song at the end of the day. Um, And we, and we all have so such, different strengths like some of us bring more of that like uh 
formatting a song into the equation. Uh, some of us, you know, can, are better at like jamming out a part to Oblivion and then maybe stumbling upon something. And uh, I feel like that yin and yang tends to uh, bring a, a decent result. And at times, though, I know we get frustrated with each other, just like any band. But uh, yeah, we all, you know, just bring different stuff to the table where we try to balance it out and just make sure that everybody is happy with the end product and that. Yeah, that first and foremost, we're we're liking the music we write and play because that's yeah, that's the most important thing at the end of the day, you know. Well, then, what would you say is your favorite song to play live from the album? Yeah, that's another that's another tough one. Um, a lot of it's really fun to play. To be honest, uh, there's a lot of twists and turns in some of the stuff, and um, yeah, I'm so bad at favorites. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned New Dominion. That's fun to play. Um, just because it's kind of hard hitting, but Three White Feet's really fun to play as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess I'll plead the fifth because, uh, yeah, I'm still my favorites across the board with any qu- uh, questions. So, um, yeah, the, the new material is fun. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't I don't have a good answer for that one. By the way, what albums did you find you listened to the most during the recording of it? Yeah, I'm having a hard time uh, thinking back to that the time of recording, but uh, um, I'm drawing a blank on the album title. But uh, the newest Battles album. It came out a couple falls ago. I feel like that was in the mix. And I think during that time, I was slowly getting into more uh, spiritual slash free jazzy kind of stuff, like a Don Cherry album, uh, Brown Rice. And I feel like there's always a lot of weird mixtures of sounds going on, of, of things that we're inspired by, whether it's some black metal or some ambient and experimental stuff. But yeah, like thinking back to 2018, I'm trying to, I'm having just a bit of a hard time remembering everything that was stewing in the pot back then. With the pandemic, have you ventured into any new hiking spots around North Carolina to become inspired for new songs? Oh, yeah, to some degree. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I got there during the pandemic as much as I'd wanted to, but uh, just within the past week, I went to Table Rock, which is part of the Linville Gorge. And the way I describe that is it's like um, almost like the Grand Canyon of, of Appalachia or the Blue Ridge Mountains in, in a way. And I'm sure it's not nearly as vast, but I feel like it's the closest thing we might have to that East Coast. It's just like, yeah, it's beautiful, it's pretty enormous views and stuff. Um, so yeah, Table Rock was was a really good experience. And um, yeah, the the whole band met up a couple weeks ago and had a, a sweet boating trip out at Lake Fontana. And there's a bunch of great mountainous views out there. And that's like, uh, that's quite west of Asheville, um, about an hour plus west of Asheville. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was a great experience, you know, to hang with the boys. Um, have some food and have some fun on the boat and yeah it's been you know a crazy long year and so that was yeah may this year and we hadn't all four been together since uh february of 2020 at, at that time we were doing a few shows down in florida with torch and we had a, a small little run and then things kind of got flipped upside down and, and here we are now can you tell me about recording the music video for rid of you uh yeah that we collaborated that one with a friend out of uh, Kentucky. I think he's in Lexington. And I have to look up his Instagram handle, but he does a lot of cool um, a lot of cool work like that that's kind of glitchy and uh, psychedelic looking and everything. So with that, we just put the, the ball into his hands. Um, I think it's Yovazol. I think I'm, I'm saying it right. I might have to look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of gave him some direction on that, and, and he ran with it, and we we're pretty happy with how that turned out. Let's see. Yeah, it is uh, Yovozal on on Instagram. He does a bunch of cool work. Um, but yeah, he he took the reins on that one. We, we just gave him some like some keywords and some vibes of how how we wanted it to be portrayed, and, and he nailed it. 
Must Carry Me Home was a recent demo you uploaded to your Bandcamp. Can you tell me about that one? Yeah, from what I remember, it's a, a slightly stripped down version. Um, but like, yeah, as you can hear, it's it's almost like the format in, in completed form. And Ray wrote that on like vacation traveling Asia, and I think maybe some other countries as well. Um, yeah, or quite a few countries, I should say. Um, but yeah, he brought that back to us. I think being inspired off a of vacation, and he wrote it on like a little travel guitar. Which, yeah, I think that sounds pretty tough to me because it's so much smaller. Um, but yeah, he brought that idea to us, and uh, that's definitely one of our favorite songs to play live. It's, it's uh, pretty heavy, pretty upbeat, and a little mysterious sounding, and we often close sets with that one just because it's, it's a good one. I think most of the fans like it pretty well. Now, I think some of my favorite Doom and Stoner band albums that really amazed me in the past 10 years were Steak Number 8, now called Steak, Pony Killer, and Isonordal. What are some winners on your list? Oh man, yeah, those ones are over my head. <laughs> I feel like I'm out of the know a little bit. But uh, yeah, we were so stoked to find out we we're going to tour with Elder. And I feel like for me, um, I think that band just hit like a very high watermark with Omens, that album that put out in 2020, because it's just very progressive. Um, I hear like hints of yes at times, but and it's like it's heavy, but it's uplifting. It's not depressive to me, which you know, there's enough of that in the world. So I appreciate bands with that kind of sound and that kind of vibe. Um, and then our, our buddies in Paul Bear, we all um, admire, and they've been crushing it. And actually, I've listened to, uh, what was it, Heartless? Is that the one that put out a couple years ago? Um, and listen to that again, and that hits the spot for me. But yeah, I guess in the past year as well, I think the band that came back and did a mic drop was Hum with uh, their album Inlets, which, you know, I think in the 90s, they were kind of considered a shoegaze uh, space rock band. But to me, it's... It's so doomy. The the tones are heavy as hell. Yeah, and they captured these huge, amazing tones with some of the best riffs I've heard in years where, like, there's a couple songs on there that just makes me want her age. So, yeah, I'd definitely recommend people go check out Inlet by Hum. I think it came out in 2020. And, yeah, those, those guys are the godfathers of of that space rock sound. And, I, yeah, it's just crazy to hear that album now. And you can kind of pinpoint how influential they've been. And, uh, yeah, I, I can hear their sound in so many bands in the past 20, 30 years. And, um, yeah, so props to Hum for putting out that killer album. Yeah, Steak Number 8, I actually found that out from uh, indie recordings of Norway. Really trippy stuff huh. from Belgium. Um, I, I don't know how to put, my, put it into words, but it, it's just really, really trippy stuff. Um, definitely should be checked out. Uh, Pony Killer, um, that has this dude... It's funded by this dude named Colin Yeo. I think he's in Arson Anthem. That's uh, another band from... Uh, it's one of the millions of side projects from Phil Anselmo. They put out, I think, one album called The Wilderness. Really, really great stuff. I, I feel like just with your sound, you you'd really dig their sound as well. And Isonordal is a pretty fun band from Seattle. Nice. I appreciate the heads up because, yeah, I haven't heard of much of that and always need to check out new stuff for sure. Oh, and I should say another one, too. Uh, I was blown away by live in recent years. Uh, seeing them play here at the Mothlight in Nashville is, uh, is Yob. I feel like Yob hits this place that's, yeah, like this transcendent, for lack of a better word, um, and their doom. Um, yeah, I feel like they're up there for me when it comes to doom. That really inspires me. Now, what is your all-time favorite concert you played in North Carolina? That's tough. There's been a lot of good ones, and we are very lucky that we have a very supportive community in Asheville. Yeah, there has been so many good ones, particularly at the Moth Light R.I.P. that we were 
so upset about that venue going down with the pandemic. But uh, I want to give a shout out to the Moth Lake because it's it was our community and our family and our home for since like 2014 or so. I think it was when they opened. But yeah, I guess a show that sticks out to me is uh, one we did a couple years ago at Ambrose West. That was a really good one. Um, headlining that one. And then another one that sticks out is I think early 2018 or 2019, we opened for Paul Bear and Ruby the Hatchet at the Grey Eagle in Asheville. And that was a great night. That was just good times. Two great bands that we admire and a lot of good people around. And um, that one sticks out in my brain for sure. What is your most cherished musical possession? Man, that's tough as a drummer because we have so many pieces, you know, like between cymbals and, and drums and if, if I had to say, I'd probably say uh, my Black Beauty snare drum, just because uh, I, I got it for myself for my 30th birthday. It was a gift to myself, and it's not a cheap instrument. So I splurged on that, and I'll have that in my arsenal for, for as long as I can. I'd say the Black Beauty snare drum. Now, what is your favorite urban legend or ghost story from North Carolina? So we, we kind of tied this concept into uh, Ramble Beyond with the artwork. There's some like kind of orbs and lights in the front, and there's a... I guess a myth, and I can't remember like what town it's in, but it's called the Brown Mountain Lights, and it's it only happens during a specific season. I can't remember if it's spring or what, but uh, yeah, you like go up on this mountain and you can see these like orbs kind of flowing around, and um, there's all these urban legends about you know if it's alien activity or this and that, but uh, I guess scientifically they think it's just like a kind of a gas gaseous mix or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's a cool one to think about. And yeah, we kind of tied it into to our own artwork. So yeah, if, if you're interested, look up the Brown Mountain Lights. Yeah, sadly, I'm forgetting the city and everything, but it's not too far outside of Asheville. And it's, it seems to be a cool thing that just occurs there every year. Would you like to go back to any questions? Uh, I think I'm good. Uh, um, yeah, like we're just trying to get the ball rolling again with the band. And um, we just announced a show in September down in Little Rock with a lot of good friends. Um Paul Bear will be headlining it, which are some of our best buds, and we were lucky to tour with them in 2017. And I saw Yautjas on that bill. Uh, I'm not sure if they're playing the same day, but they just put out a new album, which is really badass and technical and really heavy. And I love their drummer and his drumming. Like It's just really fast, really crazy fast hands and really cool things going on like all across the board musically for them. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that in September. Maybe we'll have a couple shows uh build around that date and um hopefully we'll be digging to playing a local Ash- Asheville show sometime soon um but that's to be determined at the moment and um yeah just, i'm gonna say uh thanks so much for having me on here it's uh an honor to, to be asked to, to chat with you and um yeah thanks for for caring about our music do appreciate it this has been an interview with basque drummer scott middleton on sunday may 30th 2021 by nick Brickell.